Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. People are new at the Bridge Church, and you're like, hey, I've never been here before, and, and I, I want to learn, you know, what it's about, and we just like to have fun, man. We like to, uh, we like to enjoy. Um, I do want to just make one comment quick, um, just kind of a business thing here, and then celebrate some wins and jump into the message. Um, you know, right now, and I'm just, I'm asking you as your pastor, um, again, we don't have mask police in our church, uh, but um, we are required by governor to do that, um, so unless you have a physical or mental condition or you're on stage, we just invite you to, to do that with us. Um, some people are a fan of that. Some people aren't. We're just trying to follow uh, Romans 13. And so um, we want to be above reproach in everything we say and do. And so um, we're doing our best to social distance. We don't have the largest facility, but isn't it great that we get to come and fill it up? Come on, somebody. Come on, man. So... I know there's a plethora of, and this sounds really loud, um, if we can just turn this down, maybe just a hair. Um, I, have a lot, I don't even need a mic, we're just doing it for online. Um, and so just, uh, will you do this with me? Will you welcome everybody who's watching online right now? We have a lot of people watching as well. Can you just, by round of applause, welcome them? Now, I want to bring you back uh, to last week. A couple weeks ago, we had our block party, and we, man, we had just a blast. A lot of people put a lot of time and effort into that. But then what we like to do is we always like to have a follow-up event. And so last week, we had what's called our intro dinner, and we had um, four new families just come and just learn about the church and wanting to get involved and just got to hear their stories. And I'll tell you what, man, God is not done with us as a church, even in the middle of a pandemic, even the middle of a um, you know, red slap blue, blue slap red Tuesday night thing this last week. We are still here and Jesus is still our king. And so he's not done with us. And we're still going to preach the word. We're going to teach the word. And sometimes we're going to do that without words. And so we're going to continue to be the church. And so I'm just excited because I feel that God is being honored through what we are doing as a church. It's not about me. It's not about Derek. It's not about any of us. It's about serving him and seeing him change our lives. Because that's my desire for you. That's my desire today. We want to be a life-giving church. I feel that we are. And so this morning, my prayer for you this morning has been that this morning God would speak to you in a whole new way, no matter where you are on the faith journey. Whether you came in here going, I don't believe, which you're welcome here, man. You're, you're my favorite because that's where I was for 17 years of my life. Or if you're going, man, I've been saved a million years, Pastor Chris, I can teach all your messages. Like, like I don't care where you're at. My prayer is that God would give you something fresh and something new today. And so I'm going to ask you to pray with me and then we're going to jump in to this new series called Happiness. Thank God. All right, so let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for who you are. Thank you that you love us. I thank you that you sent your son to die for us, that whoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. Life and every, not everlasting life, everlasting life, Lord. And we are just honored to serve you. And so, Holy Spirit, you're always welcome here. Have your way in our hearts. And today, in everything that we say and do, we want to honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, now, let's go back to English class. How many miss English class by round of applause in high school? school. See, we welcome anybody in this church, all right? Okay, you must have had a better English class than I had. My 
English class was okay, but I was not good at English. I have a master's degree and I've written a book now, which is just a total God thing. But, but here's the deal. With, with my, my English class, I remember sitting down. And how many remember this? Maybe it was in a literature class or something else. But it was that dreaded day where you had to all read through a playwright together. Do you, do you, yeah, see, you remember it, right? And so we got our desks all in a nice little circle. You know, we're all just ready to go. And you got Bob, Julie, Sue, Mary, everybody's lined up. And, and, and we all get different parts, right? We all, you remember that? How many remember what I'm talking about? Okay, you got to go back in time a little bit. And so we're all reading these different parts. And I'll tell you what, it, like I'm a theater nerd. I love theater. It's like just in my DNA. And this was like awful because nobody has any passion. Everybody is just like, and so and so. And, and my, you know, it sounds like, you know, what some people think churches. <clears throat> and so they just keep going and monotone, 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 monotone. And then, and then you got the sleeper kid. Remember the sleeper kid? Maybe that was you. If you don't remember, you're probably the sleeper kid. You know? And, and you got the sleeper kid who's like, dude, it's your turn. It's your turn. You know? And then you have the kids, and God bless them, they're still trying to figure out sometimes how to read all these big, you know, Shakespeare words, and it's what should take 20 seconds takes... You remember? You know, you know what I'm saying? Okay? That was me. I didn't know all the Shakespearean language. You know? The, and I use the NIV, not the New King James. And so, so we're going around, and like by the end of class, I'm ready to just like pound my eyes out going, I hate this. This is so, because nobody cared. Nobody invested. Could you imagine paying to go see a play like that? Just, just imagine, you know, you turn on Hamilton, Disney Plus, and you're watching it, and they're just reading their script, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, okay, and got to sing this song, got to do this, and, and I think what, what, what changed me was when I went, and I watched theater, and I saw live theater, and, and you go, uh, I was, that was actually, I had a scholarship to go to theater, and, and I remember going to auditions, and I can tell you right now, if you went like you read a play in English class to go try out an audition for theater, you are not getting a part, okay? And so you went in there and you studied it and, and you wanted to know the part and you're being, you know, bigger than you normally are. You're trying to just be passionate and there's this difference between passion and, and English class, okay? For, for some of you, how many it was math class? Yeah, yeah. How, how many it was? It was lunch. Okay, like, like we welcome anybody at the church. All right. um, lunch was my favorite subject and I aced it, okay? 4.0. Actually, it was like a 19.0, but hey, how we... Um, so here's what I want to ask though. What are you passionate about? Like, what are you really, really passionate about? I look out and I see some of you in jerseys. That's pretty obvious. You're wearing your passion on your shirt, okay? Um, what, what are you really passionate about? Maybe it's sports, okay? Maybe it's not sports right now. Maybe you're passionate about not sports. Maybe, maybe your passion is fishing. Come on, can I get a good amen from somebody? Maybe it's hunting. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's doing that. Maybe it's a certain TV show. Maybe it's cars. You just you're into cars, man. You just love. I hate cars. Maybe it's cooking. I love cooking. We all have different passions. Just, just curious, how many here have a cooking passion? Anybody have a co- like passion? It's like your secret passion. Okay, meet with me after church. I love you. Um, if you need a person to experiment on, here I am. However, i got to give you a little rule here. And so I had uh, a friend of mine, and he was so passionate about cooking. Like, so passionate. You ever met that person that's so passionate that if you give them any constructive feedback at all, they just ignore it? Okay? Maybe that's you. Maybe that's me. Like, they're so passionate. No matter what you say, they're not even going to hear your words. And so this guy's like, Pastor Chris, I want you and your wife to come over to our church. I'm making fresh salsa. And I'm like, cool. I like salsa. And he goes, it was awesome. Come on over. And I said, just, just FYI. And so 
what I said. I said, FYI, there's one ingredient that I'm just not a big fan of in salsa. This is one. Just one tiny ingredient. And he's like, oh, don't worry. You're like my salsa. Everybody likes my salsa. So I go over to his house, and we, you know, we're burrito, taco night, and he's got everything made. And I do love fresh salsa, okay? But I went over there, and in my fresh salsa that he had made was a salad. I'm talking salad of cilantro. Ah! Alright, who's with me? Cilantro, just thank you. Alright, you are the only Christians in this whole place today. Alright, so, so I, I just cilantro, I can't stand the stuff. Some, you either love it or hate it. This is where Derek and I disagree. Cilantro, man, it is just, I, I don't know, it's, it feels like something you should chew instead of toothpaste. I don't know what's, what's in it. And so he goes up to me and he goes, Pastor Chris, did, did you like my salsa? I'm like, it was good. <laughs> it was good. And it wasn't bad other than, you know, my nose hairs were like burning from cilantro. And he said, well, what, what is it? What is it? No joke. And I'm like going, okay, he's begging for constructive criticism. So I should give it to him, right? Guys, let me talk to you for a moment. That's all. Um, and so he's begging for it. And finally I give him true, honest, constructive feedback. I said, I'm just not a big cilantro fan. No joke in a matter of two seconds. So passionate about cooking. Here's what he does. I'm at their house for the next like two hours. He puts his head down, walks into the kitchen, and won't leave it for the next two hours. Okay? Now, now that's, that's like passionate, maybe a little obsessive. All right? Like there's, there's a line. All right? I think maybe he crossed it. So again, I love salsa. I'm just not a big cilantro fan. So here's the question. What are you passionate about? And think about what you're so passionate about. Now let's, let's turn it, you know, let's bring Christ into this. Are you passionate about God? And, and are you, are you like just so passionate? Like I can look out, I can see your uniform. Some of you, some of you got, you know, Viking stuff on right now. Some of you, which you have way more faith than I do. And some of you, you know what? You love cooking. You love all this, these different things because we can tell by looking at you. So can we tell by looking at you, if we followed you for a week, would we say next Sunday, hey, these people are so passionate about Jesus. That's my prayer that we would. I don't know that I always do that, and I don't want you to feel guilty if we don't. But listen to this. Let's jump into scripture here for a moment. Kind of a heavy scripture to start in this series called Happiness, and we'll unpack that. Uh, But here it is in Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. To the church in Laodicea, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are, everybody say it with me, lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Well, that's encouraging. (laughs) So this is Jesus' words. Book of Revelation, this is the second and third chapter. And this is written to actually seven churches of that day. This is before you get into all the end time stuff and all that. This is really a charge to this church saying, you know what? You forgot what you're passionate about. You're not like hot. You're not cold. You're just kind of lukewarm. You're not doing anything for anybody. You know, nobody knows what you you stand for. And if if you stand for nothing, you're going to fall for anything. And so why not realize that we can fall for Christ? And he says, you know, come back to your first love. And all seven churches in chapter 2 and chapter 3, it says, listen to the Holy Spirit. And I would charge us today, listen to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. It's going to be different than the person next to you, different than me. So what is it that God wants to get through to you? Sometimes for me, it comes in two by four upside my head. How many need the two by four? Okay, yeah, we all do on occasion. At least that's what my wife told me to say. I'm kidding. You know, I think about this lukewarm thing, and, and I remember when I was in seventh grade, 
I I went to school and I always had the hot lunch for lunch, okay? And my mom one day, it was something gross was supposed to be on the menu. And so I said, Mom, Mom, would you please pack me a, a lunch, a bag lunch? She's like, I got it, I got it. So she packs me this bag lunch and it was peanut butter and jelly. Oh yeah, peanut butter and jelly. And uh, she makes this for me. I bring it. Well, that day the menu was wrong at school. And I realized they were having meatloaf. Come on, somebody, meatloaf. I mean, that, that is up there, all right? If I'm making you hungry, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with you. But I, I get in there and I'm like, it's meatloaf. So I'm going to leave my mom's lunch, you know? And so I, I, I've kind of forgot about it. And then the next day I'm like, oh, I got that peanut butter and jelly I can have. And, you know, a week went by and, and I, I forgot that it was in the bottom of my locker. And a couple months went by. And so at the end of the year when we're cleaning out our lockers... I get down to the bottom beneath all my books, beneath my backpack and everything, and I see this lunch bag from my mom, and I'm like, oh yeah! And I opened it. And I'll tell you what, that is the greenest bread I've ever seen in my life. It smelled so rank that I had to throw it away. And, and here's what I realize: If we're neither hot nor cold and we're kind of lukewarm, we end up getting moldy and crusty, Okay. Alright? So it's like manure. Manure just stinks if it's in a pile, but if you spread it out, it helps things grow. And so I realize that we have to be passionate. You don't want to be like my peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my locker. Or like the coffee. I drink I drink two cups of coffee a year, okay? Literally, two a year. Two a year. And and I had one on my coffee table in my office years ago. And I left it there for the summer. If you would like to know what lukewarm coffee looks like after a summer of not doing anything when it has cream and sugar in it, be my guest. Have fun. It's very furry. So what do we do? Let me ask you this this morning. Are you... Are you are you like, I don't even care about Jesus yet. I'm just here because somebody drug me to church. Or are you like, I am, I'm so hot and on fire for Jesus, man. I, I could teach this message. Or you're just like, yeah, 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 amen, amen, pastor. Are you like, eh, it's 2020. I'm alive. Thank God. That's it. Like, like, where are you at in that? Are you hot for him? Are you passionate for, are you in love with Jesus? It's tough for a guy to say sometimes. You know, I used to have a bumper sticker that said, real men love Jesus before, you know, that was back when bumper sticks were cool. It's my desire to be in love with Jesus, period. That's, that's all I want. I want to please Him. I want to please Him with my life. I want to be in love with Him. I want Him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's all I want. And it's easy to determine when we're on fire for Christ because if something is a flame, it's obviously hot, all right? What does it do? It ignites other material. Any fire that does not spread eventually goes out. You have to have fire. And so I want to be passionate for God. And so, so here's where I want to go today in this happiness message of the first one of four. What do we do? Because happiness, the word itself, is not a great word because it talks about being content in any happenings. That's really where the word, word comes from. I want to talk about being content no matter what's happening. Because I think we could all learn from that this year. Can I hear a good amen? If you don't say amen to that, I don't know where you live, man, but I'd like to come over, all right? So we all would. We're going over to your place after church today. So how do we do it? How do we be passionate for God? Well, we read our Bible, Pastor Chris. We pray more. I tithe more. I do this more. I serve more. I give this. No. Uh-uh. Well, Pastor Chris, I got I to I I do more so that I'm more passionate. And that's not what the verse was talking about when Jesus' words were to Laodicea. He's talking about his first love. How do we get back to that? How, how, do we, how do we get back to the foundation of our entire core? It's not by doing more. It's not. I don't know about you, but I've been busy the last few months. I'm guessing you have too. 
And I think the answer of how we become passionate right now for Jesus might surprise you. You know, I look at Jesus, he's doing miracles all the time. Do you know there's not one time in the Bible where Jesus went and was asked to pray for somebody that that person wasn't healed? Not one time. Every person that asked Jesus to heal him was. Every single one. But then there was these other times where he would have crowds around him and they're just all around Jesus. And what would he do? It seemed like just the most passionate time. Did he pray more? Did he go healing more? Did he do more? What what did he do? He got in the boat and he went to the other side away from everybody. Come on, that's Jesus, man. I don't, if you don't like Jesus because of that, I don't know why you like. I mean, come on. Jesus is like, no, I'm getting away. I'm going on vacay. I don't have a cruise boat, but I got this little wooden thing that takes faith for me to get across the Sea of Galilee. I'm going to go in that. And that's what he does. He gets in the boat, and he goes and he spends time with God, his Father. He just sits down. That's it. You see, when we are Christ-centered, ready for this? Here it is. How do you be more passionate for Christ? You kind of stop and you just rest. It's okay to rest. It's okay to rest. Some of you, can I just be real honest? No? Okay, I'll go. Can I be real honest with you? I'm going to include myself, okay? Pretend I'm with us right now. We all suck at it! Pastor said, suck from the pulpit. I'm leaving the church. Good, see you. All right, no. Okay. None of us are good at resting. Oh, yes, I am, Pastor. I just go on my phone all day long and I rest. No, Pastor Chris, I go and I serve the poor. I go, how about I do, I do, I do, I do. Okay, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. We forgot what that's like. I would say how many of us practice a Sabbath once a week, but I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to show you that God loves you so much, and so I want to unpack this. In fact, we're no longer under the law. Thank you, Jesus. But why would I not want a Sabbath day rest once a week? If you don't know what a Sabbath is, back in the Old Testament, one day a week they would make the Sabbath. In fact, your word Saturday that we had yesterday literally means the Sabbath. Now, Sunday is technically the Sabbath for most. Can I just say it's not a Sabbath for pastors, by the way, on Sunday. Today's like my first day of work. Okay, for you, Saturday's like, oh, or Sunday, you're like, I get to go to church, then I get to go home, I get to lounge in my pajamas. Okay, that, that's Sunday for some of us. And then we work our butts off during the week. My wife and I, we try to make a Sabbath happen or a day of rest one day of week. You know, in the last couple of weeks... I've been doing a lot of meeting, a lot of one-on-one, which I'm loving. I've been just discipling some of you, hearing your stories. It's been so cool. In fact, I think I met with over 15 of you last week, just one-on-one or, or in small groups. And what was awesome was just hearing the stories of what God's doing. I love that better than what we're doing right now because I get to hear you. I get to, I get to converse. You know, we can't converse when there's a hundred of us. That doesn't work. But I get to hear that. And I get to see. And I know that you're busy. And half of you have said this phrase to me in the last week. You said, Pastor Chris, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man. And broke my heart. And here's why. I don't want you to ever think I'm too busy to meet with you. Ever. Okay? I'm here. We're here doing life together. I'm not, we don't have a green room at this church. All right? I don't, I, we're, we're all in this together. I'm, you can ask Derek. I'm not that special, but nor of any of us. All right? Yet God calls us out as his kids, which is awesome. I've actually come to believe that being too busy is a myth. Hear me out before you throw something at me. It's not that I'm too busy to rest. It's that I don't always make the time to do it. So what happens is my time gets occupied with so much other stuff. You're the sole person responsible for your calendar. You put on their time of, you know, with kids. You put on their other things. You ever put on their time for God? We put on our calendar what really matters. 
You know, I had a guy, every one hour, he would just stop and pray for 30 seconds. It seemed weird to me, and now I go, I get it. He just stopped, and he just rested, him and, him and the Father. It was kind of crazy, seemed cuckoo to me at the time, but that was his way of just saying, I just need to rest. I need to get it into my system, into my routine. I thought it was great. Acts chapter 9, verse 31 says this, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria enjoyed a time of peace, that same word as rest in the Greek, and was strengthened. Okay, time of peace and strengthened. They lived in the fear of the Lord and encouraged, and they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit and increased in numbers. Okay, their church increased in numbers and passion. Why? What did they do? They had this time of peace. They were being strengthened. During that time, people were being killed for their faith. It's not that their circumstances changed, but their demeanor did. They realized that they had to be passionate for Christ in that time. And so there's just a couple things in this verse I want to unpack with you. First is this. They enjoyed a time of peace. I don't know about you, man, but I'm ready for a time of peace after this year. This has been a cra- like the craziest year I've ever lived in. And I've talked to people way older than me, and they look at me and they go, We ain't never seen anything like this. No one's ever seen anything like this. It's crazy. Crazy? What a great time for me to make amends with my Creator. What a great time for that. What if I do that? You know, peace is not determined by outward circumstance at all. I think we have to learn to take it easy because we get so wound up. It was a really easy way to not get wound up anymore. Spend time with God and get off Facebook. Number two. That was funny because it was true. They enjoy the time of being strengthened. You know, I love this story. It's a story of two woodsmen. They go out and the one challenges the other. He says, I want to challenge you to a tree chopping contest. And he's like, all right. And so these two guys, they go out and they're just burly dudes. And, and they're getting ready to chop. And the, and the one guy's just chopping, chopping, chopping. And he looks over and he sees the other guy's taking a lunch break. He's like, what in the world? And he looks over again. The guy's just taking a rest, you know, taking a little, little nap. And he's like, what is going on? And then at the end of the day, the guy that was resting and napping actually beat the other guy that worked his butt off. And the, and the guy's just like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how this could even be. I, I, I went nonstop. You stopped and rested. And you even got a lunch break and a little napping. I don't even think it's fair. And the woodsman said to him, he said, what you don't understand, what you didn't see, is during those times of rest is when I was sharpening my axe. You see, here's, here's the catch. I believe firmly in the tithe. I believe that God calls us as Christians to give the first 10% because God can do more with my 90 than he can my 100. I believe the same is true with the Sabbath. When I give a day of rest to God, he can do more with my six days than I can do when I try to do it with seven. It's a gift. We don't have to see it as a gift. Here, I'll unpack it with you. Exodus chapter 20, verse 11. For in six days... How many days? The Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them. But he, what? Rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Okay, hold up a second. Bible study 101. God, all powerful. He rested. Key question. I'm going to answer it for you. Did he have to? So why did he? Oh, maybe it was an example to show us how to do it. You know? Is that a frustrating? Why did God do it? He didn't have to. He did it to show us. He took a Sabbath day. He said, this is a holy day. So Sabbath, now I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not trying to force Sabbath day down you. Just, just hear me out because I don't want this to be a religious thing that you have to figure out and do. That's not my, I want this to be freeing to you. Okay? 
Heather and I, we do a Sabbath once a week as a family on Saturday. So if you ever try to get a hold of me on Saturday and you don't, that's why. Because we unplug. We enjoy our family. We go do something. We play frisbee golf or something. But on that day... Back biblically, you did no work on the Sabbath. You didn't have a to-do list at all. Okay, I'm really good at getting my to-do list done. I have to ignore that on Saturdays. You actually didn't travel at all on the Sabbath. You were not to buy or sell on the Sabbath. We still see this a little bit today because Sunday has become more of America's Sabbath where you don't see you know, cars in operation. You, didn't, you used to not see liquor stores in operation, some retail. Let me just say, the best chicken sandwich in the world you can't buy today. Okay? Chick-fil-A. Now here's what's interesting. Do you know that Chick-fil-A right now, okay, they take, I want you to catch this. I want, if you hear anything else, I want you to get this Chick-fil-A in your mind right now. I'm making you hungry, I know. Chick-fil-A sauce, come on somebody. Alright, but here's the deal. Chick-fil-A, they're open how many days a week? Okay, because they follow this. That's why they do this. Okay, they are a biblical, Christ-like company, okay? So I have no problem promoting them at church. Do you know right now, they are the number one income producing fast food restaurant in America and they take one day off when the other ones don't. I'll just let you think about that for a while. Let's keep going. Okay? You worship God on the Sabbath. Sunday has become our Sabbath. Yet, with all of these things, it was known as a day of gladness. Why? Because it gave man and women an opportunity to engage in mental and spiritual exercises that we don't take during the week. It forced us to stop and sharpen our acts. It gave us that time to invest in our relationship with Him, our first love. In other words, it was the display of passion toward our Creator. That's where the passion comes from. You want happiness? Stop trying to do it all. Don't get it all. You're never going to get it all. There's always more to do, okay? And there's always somebody doing it better than you. Hate to break it to you, all right? Now, 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 let me unpack this just a little bit more. How serious do you think God takes the Sabbath? Now again, I'm not, I don't want you to feel condemned or convicted here, other than from Him. But how serious do you think He takes? I think He takes it pretty darn serious. This is pre-New Testament, before Jesus walks the earth. But listen to what it says right here in the Old Testament. Exodus chapter 31, verse 15. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day must be put to death. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, what? What? Did I read? Okay. Now, obviously, we're not going to, you know, did you take a Sabbath? No. No, we're not. That's it's not the way we work. Okay? It's, all right? This was under the law, but I want you to catch something. Jesus came to fulfill the law. He did not come to abolish it. And what that means is it's been redeemed and it's changed. Here's how. I think when we don't take a Sabbath, we end up missing a little bit of that life-giving moment with Him. Okay? I think we do. Have a Sabbath, but don't make it this religious thing. You know, Sabbath reveals the rest that can be an act of worship when we submit our schedules to Him. You know, we dedicate it to Him as we should. And, and just let me say this. If, if you're not a tither, if you're not, if you're not a Sabbath person, if you haven't read, it's not a salvation issue. You see, the only way we receive eternal life is through Jesus Christ by saying, Lord, I believe. We confess with our mouths, we believe in our heart. The Bible says we're saved. Okay? This is not a salvation issue. This is a faith, walking out your faith issue. Go, man, I want to be happy. How do I be happy? Rest in Him. Try it. It'll change your life. You don't have to have a Sabbath to have eternal life. 
Next one is they lived in the fear of the Lord. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Okay, It's a holy reverence realizing that God has your best in mind to keep you from sin. He's got your best in mind. So why would we not want to? Well, I'm too busy, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm too... And I think He just wants us. He just wants to spend time with us. Here's the last one is this. They were encouraged by the Holy Spirit. They're encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It said the church increased in numbers. Why? Because they were doing out, they were going doing more evangelism and doing more intro dinners and doing more block parties and, and invite more, which are all great things. No. What did they do? They had the time of peace, time of rest. They were strengthened in that. Because God did something that they couldn't do on their own. We can either chase away the Holy Spirit or we can embrace the Holy Spirit. I want to embrace whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking. Always. Oftentimes, I don't think we can hear the Holy Spirit because we're too busy trying to be the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh, it's getting real in here. I know sometimes I'm like, well, well Jesus, I, I, I just really want to go you know, do this or X, Y, Z. And sometimes I think Je- Jesus doesn't condemn. He's like, okay, I still love you. But I love when I just spend time with Him. When I rest, when I take those moments. You know, one of my favorite moments, if you've been in my house or if you haven't, we have a living room and we've got this gorgeous wood floor. It's acacia wood. And we have a, a bay window that looks outside. Um, the only thing right now, you see a blue tarp over the pool, which is sad. But um, I sit in there. The leaves are falling. We've got black walnut trees in our backyard, which the guy who had the lot planted. And, and I sit there with my dog. And if you've met my dog, she, she's like the dopiest dog in the world. She, you know, has no energy. She lays at my feet, and I sit there. No matter how cold or warm it is, the sun just beats in. And when my kids are at school, and my wife is teaching at the school, I sit there in the mornings for a little bit. I'll crack open my Bible, or I'll just pray. And my prayer isn't like, Lord, give me, Lord, I need, Lord. No, it's just, Lord, speak to me. What is it that you want to show me today? And whether it's five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour, an hour, in those moments... They are some of the most life-giving moments that I have received, especially in the last few months. Just me and Him. No agenda at all. Just me and Him hanging out. Jesus wants to hang out with you. The Father loves you. He sent His Son so that He can have that with you and with me. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to free you to have that happiness. It doesn't change your circumstance, but it changes you within those circumstances. Would you pray with me here as Mark plays behind me? God, you know us. You love us. God, you sent your Holy Spirit as a comforter, as a counselor. The only way you could do that, though, is when Jesus walked the earth. Fully man, fully God, giving his life so that I could have life. And I just want to say thank you, Lord. If there's anybody in here that doesn't know that or has never said yes to that relationship, would they do it today? I don't know everybody in this room right now. And I pray that before they leave here, they would say yes to a relationship with you. Whoever they're with, God, even the conversation in the car, I pray that whoever brought them, whoever they're with today, would just say, hey, you had an opportunity today to give your life to Christ, did you? Did you have that chance? Do you want to do that? Let me pray with you. Lord, I pray for those opportunities and those things to happen today, whether it's people here or watching online right now. Holy Spirit, You have brought freedom into our lives. Lord, and just as 
you wrote to this church in Laodicea thousands of years ago, I believe you're talking to our hearts right now so that we may believe, so that we may be passionate for you, God. Lord, your word says either hot or cold. And Lord, I know it, it doesn't do us any good in the middle. And so I just pray whatever it is, God, in us, that would allow us right now to be more passionately in love with you. You would do it. And I know that starts with just spending time with you. Lord, we want to rest in you. Well, maybe right now people's schedules are crazy. They don't know how to do it. They don't know where to find the time. They don't know how to do it with kids' sports and school and work schedules and everything that they have. I pray, Lord, that you would be able to just reveal to them time that they can take, whether it's a full day of a Sabbath or whether it's just time to rest in you. Give us rest, Lord. I ask for rest, Lord, both physically. I ask for both and, and rest mentally as well as we put our trust and our hope in you this day. Pray in your name. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.